Hello, Trojan fans. This is USCFootball.com publisher Ryan Abraham. We have a special edition of the Peristyle podcast for you. It's called a Trojan Blast. We do them every once in a while. And uh, this week, we got to talk to the three new coaches on the USC Trojan staff. Our beat writer, Dan Weike, was down there at Heritage Hall on Tuesday. Got to talk to all three of those coaches. We wanted to bring you the audio from some of those interviews in this special Trojan Blast. First up, we have uh, Brian Schneider. He is the new special teams coordinator for USC. How did this, uh, how did this opportunity kind of come up, curiously? Uh, you know, uh, things work out in a weird way. Um, Coach Carroll came up a couple times when I was with the Raiders through Lane. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said he just kind of met me up through there and said he kind of always wanted to create or have a special teams coach. Okay. Uh, I think just, you know, the timing and the situation of things worked out. So great opportunity for me and my family. So it was, we're mm-hmm. really excited about it. How, how did you become a special teams coach? You were a linebacker. Yeah, I was a, I was a linebacker at Colorado State, and then I knew I wanted to get right into coaching. And I, I actually always wanted to be a, a teacher and a coach in high school. That's what my dad was. And a lot of coaches said, uh, you know, you need to uh, look into being a graduate assistant. So... They offered me the graduate assistant job the next year, and I ended up staying for 14 years. But uh, I started to be a GA on defense for three years, and then Coach Lubick actually hired me as an offensive coach, as a tight end coach and a special teams coach, which I hadn't coached before. So I kind of took that over, and you know, that's just kind of the way it worked out. So that's I always coached uh, special teams from there on out everywhere I went, and I kind of bounced from offense to defense in doing that. Is that one of those things? I mean, I've talked to a couple of other coaches who, who have done special teams, and the thing they like about it is you kind of get to have your hand in everything. Is that that's by far the number one thing I love about it? You get to coach every player. Um, you know, you, you coach everybody from offensive line to defensive line to every position, and uh, you know, you interact with those guys. Mm-hmm. So you have a meeting throughout the whole week with all of them, and yeah, and you, you do get to interact, and that's what I love. You know, sometimes you get in a position group, and that's who you deal with. You, know, you deal with your nine guys in your position group. Yeah. That's it. So I really enjoy that aspect of it. That makes it fun. Mm-hmm. Did, did you have to do any, or have you done any studying of kicking techniques and that sort of thing to 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 work with those guys in a real specialized? Yeah, you know, I I I work through them a lot too. And, and when I first started, those guys taught me, you know, because they're they're usually along. And then throughout the years, I've I've gotten with some some guys like Chris Saylor. Um, has a kicking camp over here that I've really spent some time with him, and and really I take those guys individually too, you know, and, and learn from them. I had a great experience at Oakland with Shane Leckler and Janikowski, but really just got you know into to their mechanics and and really what they look for. And I think every guy kind of knows himself pretty well, and they know what to look for, and, and I can kind of be a resource to help them, you know, when you know when they're not fully on their game in terms of, of filming them and doing different things like that. Yeah, I was going to say, how much instruction did you actually give Janikowski and Leckler? Was that... Not much. It, it, that's what was awesome. It was awesome, you know, and, and I think it's always a give and take, especially with uh, you know with kickers and, and punters, is, is they've been, been doing this a long time. And, and there's some basic techniques that, you know, everyone has, but you have to kind of individually tailor those. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was more of a, hey, this is... Let's do this. Let's work on this. And, and of course... You know, they bring some things to the table. I bring some things to the table, and then you just kind of work out what works best for them. Yeah, is that is that the biggest challenge when you look at the special teams unit next year? Is the fact that I mean, right now, I mean, you know, it's a group that lost a kicker and a punter. Is that, yeah, is that- no, that's that's one of the one of the big ones. There's always big ones that come into it, mm-hmm. but but yeah, that's definitely a big thing that we need to make sure um, we're ready for because we don't have any experience that that is coming back. So you, know, you got to work on that, and you got to get them some confidence, and you got to get them in situations. Where they can go out there and perform and do that. How much of a of a curveball is it that that um, junior college kid Jacob Parthman isn't going to be there until uh, until August, and he's you know going to be a competitor for mm-hmm. either one or maybe in both of those spots? Uh, you know, the, the one thing with with kickers and punters is it's easier than than a normal position player coming in. You, you, I mean, if you just compare it to a guy coming in as a freshman, whether he's a kicker, a punter, or a football player. He doesn't have to learn a whole lot. He just has to go out there and perform, you know. And we'll work with this technique, little things here and there, once we get filmed and once we get working with him. But he's a pretty polished guy right now. And the best thing he does is he has strength on kickoffs, and that's number one. But in terms of operation time for field goals, all those stuff, yeah, that, that those are things you have to work on in camp. So 
You know, I, I look at it as, you know, those guys are a little bit different for being able to come in and play as opposed to learning the whole playbook. Learning, I mean, that's half the battle when you try and get, mm-hmm. you know, position players out there. There's a whole lot of things other than going on than just being an athlete and a football player. So he'll have a chance to go right in there and compete. Sure. Um, you know, another thing that a lot of college coaches go to pro the pro game, how much did you miss recruiting, and where are you going to rec- – have you guys talked about what your area is going to be and what – yeah, j- just found out uh, last week that I'll be in Orange County, so okay. we'll be running around down there. Um, you, you know, th- there's always positives and negatives in both, I think, college mm-hmm. and the NFL, and, and I, I love them both for different reasons, and, and they're all, you know, we went into this thing, you know, with an open mind. Me and my wife, you know, approached. We knew we were going to have some opportunities in the NFL. We knew we were going to have some opportunities in college, and it wasn't one of those, I'm going to stay in the NFL no matter what, mm-hmm. and it wasn't those, I'm going to college no matter what. Because uh, I, I do miss the relationships you build in recruiting. You know that, you know, not everything's fun in recruiting, but getting to meet families and, and some some student athletes and doing that is fun. You you kind of get locked in your office in in the NFL and you know you just do football, which is a part I really enjoy too. You know, I figured I, I coached forty games in you know two years, so mm-hmm. the amount of knowledge you learn and the, the type of studying you can do, where you can just pull up any team in the NFL and Search and study and research. I really like that aspect of it, which you can't do as much, mm-hmm. you know. Obviously, because really you have you basically have three jobs in college. You have coaching, which is universal everywhere. Then you have recruiting, and then you really have the guys, the academic part of it, with you know keeping mm-hmm. on your guys and and tracking that and doing all that. Where so it's really three jobs in one compared to one job in yeah. NFL. You know, if you look at it that way. Sure. How does your um, your experience that you had at UCLA help you in terms of adjusting to being in Southern California, recruiting Orange County, that sort of thing? Um, you know, I, I've always thought you know recruiting is recruiting. You have to build relationships with coaches, and you have to build a relationship with players and the parents and the family, and all that stuff. And it helps if you've been in one place for a for a long time. You already have some of those relationships intact. I haven't recruited down there, so that, that'll be different. Um, but I think every place you go, you know, you, you pick things. Up, whether it be football-wise, whether it be you know people-person skills, whether it be recruiting, whatever it is, you, you pick things up. So, you know, not only that place, but I, I think everywhere I've been, you know, you just continue to grow and, and learn things, and hopefully apply them to your next job. Specifically, when you look at where this team was at, special teams was a year ago, some good return guys, obviously a lot of lots of athletes to play with when cover schemes. What what are some of the things that you think were the strengths last year, and what are kind of the areas that you might be able to address early on and try to Try to strengthen, I guess. Well, I think just when you look at the structure of everything, you know, you, you already said it. There are great players here, and I think the one strength of having a special teams coordinator is every week you can go into it and know the other team's strengths and weaknesses. When you have four or five different guys pulling it all together, you know, and I've been a part of that before, mm-hmm. where you know it's 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 not necessarily hey, you're coaching punt return team, you get ten minutes. You're coaching the kickoff team. You get 10 minutes this week. Whatever it is, every week teams have strengths and weaknesses. So if you have one guy looking at all six phases of special teams, you can kind of narrow down what you need to do on to win on special teams that week, what you need to stop, and where you can exploit them. Mm-hmm. And and I think just the structure of having that, I think brings improvement because it's more focused. Okay. And, and so I think that, and that's what excites me more than anything, because you can just pull all this stuff together, find out every week, you know, the strengths and weaknesses of the team, carry that on through the team, and then, you know, go let these guys play. Ultimately, do you want to be a head coach? Is that kind of your career goal? Or, or, I mean, what's the next step, I guess? You know, I, I've always, and that's a funny question you asked me right from the get-go, because uh, how did I get into it? And that's just kind of the way my career has evolved. Yeah. Um, I think I've been blessed because I've been involved in special teams, I've been involved in offense. I've been involved in defense. And so I have a, a pretty well-rounded view of everything. And that's what's been neat. And that's mm-hmm. what I enjoy. Uh, you know, I think I think everyone wants to be a head coach one way or another uh, when you get into this, just to kind of pull everything you've learned, you know, the, the strengths, weaknesses, and everything you can pull yeah. together. So, you know, I'm like anything else, you don't ever want to say, yeah, that's, yeah, that, down the road, that, that's the way I'm, I'm working to it, hopefully. And who knows how, what that path is. You know, normally it's the, be a defensive coordinator, be an offensive coordinator, you know, whatever it is. But I'm just going to enjoy coaching, enjoy uh, learning and growing and, and being around a program like this. Did you take any inspiration from John Harbaugh? 
going from special teams coach to head coach? Very, very much, you know, and that was a big thing in the NFL that guys talked a lot about how really, and you guys have both already hit on it, you know, an opportunity to work with every everyone on the team. You know, a lot of times offense coordinators, defense, you know, they work on their side of the ball. Um, so those are all positive, and that's what everyone was talking about. And, you know, like anything, it has to be the right fit for, for whatever school or whatever thing you're looking at. But that is a guy that talks to the team more than, you know, most guys do. So, you know, that's that's always talked about. And when you look at the careers of a lot of head coaches, they, a lot of them started early. Especially like Bill Carr is a great example. He's a special teams coach. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there, there's a lot of guys that, that went through that. So, you know, it's it's just part of the gig. How, how do you think you can help this program? I think by, by just what I said on, on pulling, kind of having one voice for the special teams. Um, I've, I have a lot of experience with doing that. Um, I think my, you know, kind of what my philosophy even before I got here was very similar to the way Coach Carroll does it, you know, practice hard, play hard. You know, all those things are, you know, just being around that, that fits who I am. So, so I think I'm a, a, a good fit for, for what he does. And then I think, again, just, just pulling it together and, then, you know, just kind of giving a little bit more structure, I think that that's going to be a difference. Well, have you, have you seen anybody specifically, any certain players that you're like, this guy is going to be, you know, a great gunner, or this guy is like just a coverage star? I mean, have you, have you seen anything like that in tape? Guys are- all over the place. This place is crawling with great players, and really from head to toe, you look at it, and that's that's what I enjoy too is trying to find the right spot for them. So I'm kind of the minute I, I looked at all the tape from last year, mm-hmm. and so I have a, you know, a initial evaluation. But I think the most important thing to me is getting out there, seeing how they are on the field, seeing how they are in the classroom, you know, getting around them as people, and and just kind of figuring it out from there because you know it's it takes a lot of different things to to put a guy. Like you said, at a gunner, they, they have to have a lot of special qualities. You know, you look for speed, you look for toughness, you look for all that stuff. But the desire to do it and, and all those things, which is already built into this program, and that's what's that's what's really cool for me because these guys work so hard. My understanding of it is there's almost two different philosophies when it comes to like filling out a coverage unit. Um, you can either go with hey, we're just going to take the best players, and you know we'll pull from the starting linebackers, we'll pull from you know starters, or you can take backups and say. This is going to be what, and you can almost kind of specialize guys. Mm-hmm. Which which do you kind of prefer in that? And well, it it all has to work for the benefit of your whole team. Okay, you know what I mean. You, if you can't just play all starters because even though they might be giving you everything they got, it might not be the best because they're they're gassed. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you, you have to kind of massage that to find out what's the best, not only for that special teams you're going on to, but what's the best for your whole team, period. My, my thought process always is your second-string linebackers and your second-string defensive backs have to be the core of your four special teams. Mm-hmm. Those are the guys that are working in to play. Those are the guys that, you know, hey, that, that they should be itching at the bit to get on the field because you can get 25, 30 plays a game in doing that and, and start to prove yourself. And the more you prove yourself on the field – all coaches take note of that. Hey, this guy's right. Maybe we should give him a couple reps here, a couple reps there. So I think just as a blanket statement, those guys have to be your core guys anyway. Mm-hmm. And then you, you do look at the starters. You, you look at those guys who are uh, probably are your best team guys on the team. Hey, what uh, they can go on punting. You know, make sure you take care of your punting. That's the biggest thing you have to make sure you're strong on is your punting. And then maybe something else. And, and, and how you mix and match those and put a couple guys here on kickoff, what can they handle? Mm-hmm. And what what all the strength is? I think your tight ends, your fullbacks. You look, and, and I've even talked to guys. You look in the NFL, and really the difference in the NFL is you only have forty five guys. Mm-hmm. So if you're not starting, you better be a standout special teams player. Yeah, I mean because you better be standout. And those are the guys that get cut, and and say, hey, we'll bring another guy in here. He, he's an awesome special teams guy, and he could help us. You know, in you know ten plays a game. So even you know understanding that even for guys on our team that are eventually want to go to the NFL and a lot of them are going to be great starters and all that, but a lot of guys can hang around for six seven eight years just by being great at, at doing that role. Guys like Ian Badejo stuff like that. And, and there's millions of examples and and, I, and I've seen it firsthand the last two years, which which I know you know guys rolling in and out of there like nothing, and and if if you can stick on special teams, all of a sudden you're a backup. You know, if you know what I mean. So, yeah. so not only it's just, and that's what's cool. You have more players to choose from. You have more guys, and, and really, 
ultimately, we're, we're a supportive offense and defense. That's what special teams is. So you're pulling guys from all the, I mean, everywhere. So wherever you can get a guy to fit in there, that's what you do. Do, do you feel like you have to sell special teams to people at all? Do, do you find that there's a natural enthusiasm for it, or is there a little bit of dread and you have to kind of push some of those motivational buttons with people? You know, it, it, it's funny. Not here. Um, Coach Carroll's done an unbelievable job. Um, and not only, but just, just the way they approach everything here, the way they work out, the, the way they offense, defense, special teams, it's always been a priority. And you can see that the way the players work. So that, that isn't an issue. And it, it's kind of funny when I first started coaching it, you did have to learn how to massage. I mean, you do. You have to massage people, you know, because that's not what every All-American that comes to school here is thinking I'm going to be a, on the punt team or I'm going to be on kickoff. You know, that's that's not the way they think. But they've addressed that for years here to all those guys. And and I think as, as much as anything, this is a different atmosphere because what, what coaches does here. You know, these guys are together and work. I mean, that's they already have all that stuff. So now you just try and tell them how you're going to get them better, how, how we're going to win, you know, how we're going to win this game if we do this because this is their weakness. And if we attack this right here, we got a chance, guys. And, you know, so I think that's more of a motivational than anything. And pointing out to their teammates, you know, that's not something, you know, no one notices sitting in the stands and, and riders don't notice a guy making a hell of a play on kickoff team, even though he didn't make the tackle. Look at this effort. It's jumping out the tape. At you. Are you kidding me? Look at all the strain. Look at all this. And really pointing that out in front of the teammate. Because that's how it kind of gets built, you know, and that, that's already built here. That's that's already in it. So hopefully, they just keep capitalizing on all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And you just got to always find it. <clears throat> well, as I said, we're usually at the buffet during kickoff. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. That's my <laughs> life used to be. Until I started coaching special. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Uh, the last one for me is you mentioned how beneficial it was to, to be in the NFL and coach four games in, in two years, basically. But obviously, there's been a lot of weird stuff going on with the Raiders last couple of years. What was that whole experience like, just working for Al Davis or being in that environment? You know, actually cool, you know, when you when you think about it. Because I, I think you learn just as much of what to do of what not to do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but and, and really even being around, it, he has an unbelievable mind. And, you know, to be able to sit in there like during draft meetings and, and hear him pull, he's sharp as a tack, and just hear him pull out, you know, all this stuff from, you know, years and years of, of coaching and then you know evaluate so it it was really cool you know obviously there's some, some wild stuff but heck that's that's part of the part of the gig too but you know what, what an opportunity to be in there and listen you know and learn and be around and and, and so I, I thought it was pretty cool and you know, it was a great experience i mean you, you gotta look back i look back those two years and just not only the people i met but you know just the things you learned the amount of football i learned and and in that space and the amount of time you got in front of players and were able to talk to them and coach technique and you know that so that was all cool you know you, you take the good and the bad and just kind of go on this is a special edition of the peristyle podcast you are listening to called the trojan blast we are talking to the three new usc coaches on the staff you just heard new special teams coordinator brian schneider next up is the new defensive line coach jethro franklin how did, how did you grow as a coach in those three years? I mean, I can imagine just. Oh, tremendous! It was it was great. You know, uh, you know, it gave me opportunity to be around a lot of um, different ideas, mm-hmm. different schemes, um, different um, ways of handling people and managing people. Yeah. And so, you know, it definitely. Shows you the the right way, the wrong way, what you do, what you wouldn't do, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, no different than what you know, what it, what we all go through as you grow and mature uh, within your profession. You know, you just learn it and see it, and and um, you know, write down ideas of you know what's good, what's bad, you know. And so it's been great. What was appealing about coming back? I guess. Oh, it was a great feeling. You know, it's it's an awesome feeling just to. Uh, it's also feeling just to you know to know that you're even wanted to come you know that they want you to come back you know it's always good to be wanted no doubt and uh, you know it's a great place and good people and you know just happy to be able to do it all over again. Did you expect to come back here? 
At some point, did you ever envision this happening? Well, I never closed it off, no, no doubt. You know, I didn't close anything off. I, you know, I, I always tend to keep, you know, all options open, and, uh, you know, it was a great opportunity for me. How, know. how did it come about? Well, uh... <laughs> You know, obviously the job came open, so that was one of the first things, first ways that it came about. So when that, when that happened, then, uh, you know, I'm still good friends with, you know, with Rocky and, and Norton and, and those guys and, and BC and, you know, all those guys, T-Mac and, you know, Coach Carroll and, you know, Pat Rule and I worked together in Green Bay. So, you know, we, you know I've, I knew a lot of the guys and, you know, worked with them and, you know, so it was always, you know, a good working relationship. So, you know, I think that's always key, always, always crucial that, you know, from my standpoint, just knowing that I was coming into a situation where, you know, I, I had a good feel for the guys that I was going to be working with, and uh, and I felt really strong about the guys, so uh, it was positive that way. I mean, you kind of inherit uh, a defensive line that's in, I mean, transition, I guess would, would be a mild way to put it. I mean, when you look at the new the new guys and the returning guys, I guess, what do you, what do you see when you watch them on film, and is it hard to kind of evaluate because there might not be that much film on guys like Malik Jackson, Drew Casey? I mean, <laughs> well, you see tremendous talent. You know, you see uh, guys who have athletic ability and guys who uh, uh, have you know natural uh, talent, mm -hmm. and that's always uh, what it's all about, anyway. And it's our job as coaches to make sure we, you know, get them in the right position, uh, teach them the right techniques uh, to have success and. Uh, yeah, you know, the, the group is young, but at the same time, uh, they they are athletic. Uh, you know, it's going to be uh, learning on the run, so to speak. But you know, these guys are very eager. Um, they have a lot of pride. Uh, they understand the the, the tradition. Uh, so they they're they're really fired up to to get this thing done right. Everson Griffin's kind of a, a curious case sometimes because I know last year. There were work ethic issues and stuff like that where he struggled and kind of clashed with the coaching staff um, or, or the, the positional coaches and stuff like that. But obviously, I mean, he's probably as talented as a guy that you, that you guys have. What's it been like? What, what are your conversations been like with Everson so far? And great. I mean, Everson's been uh, great. You know, so, uh, he's, I, I've heard things similar to what you just mentioned, but I haven't seen that out of him at all. Mm -hmm. So... And, you know, I try to, you know, whenever I come into a situation um, and dealing with players, hey, with me, you got a clean slate. And uh, and he's been exemplary, just really doing the things that's necessary uh, at this stage uh, to be successful. So, you know, we're just going to keep building from there. Mm -hmm. How does your, your having been here in 2005 help you now? Oh, great. You know, I kind of know the, 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 the way around, so to speak. You know, I kind of uh, uh, know how to go from point A to point B, you know. So that helps out a lot. Uh, it just cuts down on confusion and, and gets me where I need to go um, that much faster. Because the, the system is basically the same under Pete and it has been the same since he's been here, in your mind, are you looking sort of fitting like this guy kind of looks like Frosty Rucker, this guy kind of looks like can do some of the things Cedric Ellis can do, this guy can kind of be like a Lawrence Jackson? Well, uh, you know, I've coached those guys and I coached, you know, you know, other defensive linemen along the way. And each guy, you know, I, I, I treat him on a, as an, an – I don't clunk those guys with players that I've coached before. And, you know, everyone's different. Um, and everyone can be as good as they want to be. Uh, you know, everyone, you know, we, we may have better players than those players you just mentioned. You never know. Uh, so, you know, the, the, my approach is we're going to be the best. Uh, uh, we're going to play the best of our God-given ability. And, uh, you know, I'm going to push you. And, and uh, you know, hopefully these guys respond. And, um, you know, the experience of, you know, having coached, you know, good players, uh, you know, at, at this level and in the professional level definitely helps. Uh, you know, I know exactly what, what I'm looking for and what I'm doing and, you know, know the approach that I have to take in order to get it done. Uh, but, you know, I, stre I stress in all of them, you know, we're going to be the best that we can possibly be. The, the timing kind of uh, 
you know, you coming back was was difficult because it was, you know, pretty much right before signing day. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what was it like having to go in and uh, Devon Kennard's house and close like that? <laughs> and I mean, like, how tough was that? I mean, after I mean, that's a guy that you know, relationships were built over over years, and it was like, okay. Here's his address. We'll see you down there. <laughs> I mean, what was that like? Well, you know, one of the things that you know, I enjoy most about coaching and, and, and college coaching, pro coaching, or whatever, is uh, are the relationships. And um, just um, I, I'm a people person. And I like to go out and talk to people, and, and, and I like um, uh, relationships. And that's just part of it. And um, you know, that's just my personality and who I am and, and what I'm all about. And so, you know, that was that was part for the course for me. You know, I I could, I could deal with that no problem. And you know, and plus the Devon's a great kid, has a great family and um you know, just talking to him and and and, and getting to know the kid. I mean I just knew it was a matter of time. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know what I'm all about and uh I, you know, I know I, I got to know what he was all about and his folks and and there's a lot of common denominators in that also you know I know uh, uh, people who his his father uh, was good friends with uh, mm-hmm. some of his father's teammates are some of my friends and so you know it, that it, it kind of worked its way out that way uh, how it kind of went down so it was it was a real positive situation you I mean, talk about getting thrown into the fire though I mean like Right away, I mean that. I mean because that was a that was a battle. I mean, Texas well, and Cal, and yeah. I mean that's part of it. I mean that's that's part of what we do. You know, that's part of you know just going in there and and uh, and getting it done. You know, it's, it's did you miss that at all when you were in the NFL? I mean, is that part of it that something that you missed, or was that? Well, I'll tell you what I miss. I miss getting to know uh, the players. Mm-hmm. Um, with with in depth, yeah. you know, in the NFL, hey, here's a guy, you draft him, bam, there he is, bam. You know, you, I mean, you may sit down and interview the guy for seven minutes, and then you may end up having to coach him for two years or three years or whatever, and you may draft him in the first round, you know. Uh, but at least in college, through the recruiting process, you get to develop that relationship that I talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you talking about you know getting to know kids from, you know, from early on is to you know that signing date, and you know in the NFL, you know you can go to the combine, uh, interview a guy for seven minutes, and then the next thing you know, you could be drafted him in the first round, and you never really how much you gonna find out about a person in seven minutes, <laughs> as opposed to nine, yeah. ten, eleven months, yeah. twelve months. Do you have a preference between the two, between the NFL and college? Um, well, it's for me. Uh, it's it's about developing players and um, making people do what they don't want to do, so they can become who they always wanted to be. And that's the same in college, and that's the same in in the pros. And um, you know, I'm in the developing um, um, players, uh, developing um, turning young men to men. And uh, so, I really don't have a preference in that regards. Um, you know, it, it's all work, and it's all serious work, and it's all um, work where you got to pay close attention to detail, and uh, you know that's that's always been my approach. So, you know, it's that part of it. You know, dealing with the players, you know, coaching uh, in in the room, you know, teaching them. That's all the same. That doesn't change. This might not be a fair question to ask right now, but if at the end of the season the NFL were to come calling again. Would that be only for a head coaching job? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> only for a head coaching job, you know. And then I would question it then. <laughs> uh, but no, my wife, my family's here. You know, my kids were born down in Fresno. My wife's from Fresno. My family's here. You know, it gets it, tracking your family across the country. I mean, that gets old after a while. Trust me. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. Uh, leaving here, going to Tampa, from Tampa to Houston. I mean, that's and and let's say even before that, I was in Green Bay. You know, Green Bay to L.A., L.A. to Tampa, Tampa to Houston. Now Houston back there. I mean, all within what four or five years. You know, 
and you have a twelve year old and a ten year old, you know, that gets that gets old after a while. <laughs> you know, you, like you got to tell them you got to move, and they look at you and start crying. That don't it gets a little tougher as you get, as they get older. You mm-hmm. know, so it just it ain't, it's not all about you as much anymore. You know, it's no. it's about family, and uh, so you got to consider all that. How do you want your defense? <laughs> Maybe that's too broad of a question, but... No, I mean, we're going to play hard um, um, with great effort. Um, um, we're going to play uh, physical, and we're going to play smart. You know, eliminate mental mistakes. You know, our whole goal is not to, is to eliminate mental mistakes. Uh, we're going to play physical. We want to play hard. Yeah, that's that's really the the base of it. How much pressure is on the defensive line to kind of set a tone? Because I mean, that's obviously that's always important. But when you consider, like you said, I mean, the, where the defense was at last year and how dominant it was. I mean, go end up losing. Well, every year, you know, we it's, 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 that's just expected. You know, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna go out there and we're gonna. You know, play hard, and we're gonna, you know, put in a, de- a good, honest day's work. And you know, that's a that's a good thing about this game. It's a team game, you know, and it's uh, and it all starts up front, and we know that, and we accept that. And uh, so we're gonna, you know, go out and try to set the tempo early, and and go from there, and just continue to build and gain confidence and. You know, people you know, ask where's confidence come from, you know, and I always tell them confidence comes from previous experience success. So, you know, we're going to, you know, keep working, and when things are done right and we have success, we're going to make sure we point those things out and mm-hmm. and heart more on the positive than the negative. What are you guys going to do with Nick Perry? I know he's, do you know yet? I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know what to say, but you know, he's uh, watching him on tape. He, he's a heck of a football player, and uh, you know, people are gonna hear his name hopefully um, uh, a lot more. So you know, we we have plans for him. Uh, so, but we just got to get out there and just keep working. <clears throat> Last one for me. I know you want. You mentioned sort of getting the best, getting players to get the best out of themselves, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. But is there is there a balance there too with trying not to put too much pressure on them, or, or maybe trying to take the pressure that they might be putting on themselves to live up to being a Fili Moala or replacing Kyle Moore? Or Clay. I mean, all these guys who are going to the NFL. I mean, you, you have to get them to relax and kind of be themselves too, right? I mean, they're all, they're going to be themselves, no doubt about it. You know, they're not training robots here, that's for sure. They all have their own uh, personalities and way of going about doing things, and we're not going to take that part of it away. But, you know, Coach Carroll is the head football coach, and, you know, he has the ultimate job of putting everybody together and, you know, doing everything at the same time, the same way, and doing it right. But, um, you know, there's, there's... there's always going to be more pressure that we put on ourselves than any one can put on us, and I know you know that's how I, that's how I am anyway. So, you know, I, I accept it, and, and I'm sure they accept it, and they know what has to be done. And you know, when we recruited them, when they were recruited here, they knew that this day would come, and they prepared themselves up until this point. And so, yeah, the pressure. As long as you prepare yourself, I mean. What's what's the, what's the pressure? I mean, the pressure is to to win, and to play well. Well, you got your these guys are busting their butt uh, and preparing themselves um, for that to happen. And uh, they knew when they were recruited here uh, what the what the expectation level was. So that part of it, uh, I'm sure they're fine with. I mean, they're ready to go out and and prove people that you know they're ready to get it done. I mean, they're prideful guys. Have you gotten your recruiting territory yet? Arizona, Nevada, and Central California from Bakersfield. I mean, excuse me, from Modesto up to Sacramento, Nevada. You are listening to the Trojan Blast, a special edition of the Peristyle Podcast. The last coach we have for you is the new quarterback coach for USC, Jeremy Bates. 
been here a little longer than a month and looking forward to spring practice. So, How long does that feel? Does it feel like a month? Does it feel faster? Um, you know, you, your first month wherever you are at a new place, you're always in a hotel and you're away from your family. You're, you're learning, you know, new names and uh, new systems. So it, it seems a little longer because it's not normal life, you know. But uh, it's gone. It's gone really great. Uh, uh, I've got a great coaching staff that have helped me along, and it, it's gonna be fun. You still in a hotel and stuff right now? No, I moved into my place uh, this weekend. Okay. Uh, which which city did you move to? Uh, Rancho Palos Verdes. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Renting a place there. My neck of the woods. Uh, it's a beautiful country. Kind of Very nice. feel like I'm back in Tennessee a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you say was the getting out? I mean, you've only been here for a month, but what would you say the, the biggest difference would be the base acclimation you're going to make from the pro level of jumping down to college? Um, just the first month was the recruiting process. I've never coached in college. Uh, I've coached seven years, and they've all been in the league. So, you know, just the standpoint of calling these high school coaches, you know, meeting the juniors uh, last weekend and, and going through uh, three official weekends of, you know, that's been the biggest difference. It's been exciting. It's been fun. But at the same time, it's a learning process. And do you have to change any of your philosophies from Denver heading over here? I mean, in terms of what you're going to change here and what elements you want to bring from Denver? Uh, you know, well, as far as the running game, the running game is a lot what we did in Denver. It's the zone offense, the Alex Gibbs, the Rick Dennison philosophy. So that's going to stay the same. And the passing game is a lot what, um, you know, Lane and Sark studied at Tampa when they used to go see Monty there. So, you know, I, I understand what they've been doing the past eight years, and uh, I feel real comfortable with it. And I'm going to, you know, add a couple things here and there, but I don't think it needs a major change. They've won seven Pac-10 championships in a row. So, you know, if it's not broke, let's not fix it. Could you imagine your career kind of leading back to coaching college and, and was that I guess what were the the factors that led you to, to take this position then? um you know I grew up in the coaching family so I don't think you can really anticipate anything uh, you know, every two to three years we were moving and you you have no idea where where your next stop's gonna be so uh, it's tough to say hey this is what this is my plan you know it's it's it's, it's the coaching profession you're you're bouncing all over the place and uh so you just got to go year, year to year and uh, do the best job you can. The reason I came here, I looked at a lot of opportunities. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing that stood out is Coach Carroll and the USC Trojans win football games. And, um, my first year at Tampa Bay, we won the Super Bowl. And the last six years, I haven't been back to the playoffs. So I wanted to get back and find the, win- the formula for winning. And, you know, they understand how to win here. Coach Carroll is over 90% winning percentage in in eight years, and you know, I, I need that. I'm 32 years old, and I want to be on a win, be on a winning program again. You know, that's that was the main reason I came back. Hmm. When um, when you look at the, the quarterback situation mm-hmm. here, obviously that's the, the the big thing that you're dealing with yes. right now. What do you see in those guys? How much can you actually know about them before spring practice starts? And I guess, kind of, what's your process for evaluating that? Well, I've, you know, I started it. I went back and looked at all the spring practices from last spring, watched the game clips that they were in, but mainly studied spring because that's when they got the most reps, and uh, you know, and just studied from on tape. But I think I think this spring's very important for all four guys, and uh, you know, it's wide open for all four. I I, have, I need to be with them. I need to be in the room. I need to you know uh, um, communicate with, with what they're thinking, what they're seeing on the field, and see see uh, see what you know see play by play. Um, what what their reads are and how they're how they're going through it. So I can only study so much on tape until I get to really know them as players. So the springs don't be big. Everyone's gonna get a lot of reps. You know we don't change who goes who goes the first rep, second rep. We don't just change it and see how everyone handles. You know the pressure handles the first team unit. And uh, but the springs gonna you know give us some answers. So but right now I think all four of them are great players. You know they did great things in high school and they've done great things since they've been here. So it's exciting. What are you looking for out of them? I mean, we were talking to mm-hmm. um, Jethro Franklin earlier, and he was talking about minimizing mental mistakes. I mean, what is it that you want to see out of these guys out on the practice field? Well, number one, I first want to see who's going to be the leader, who's going to take charge. I mean, you, you're the you're the leader of this offense, and you, you command in the huddle, you command you know audibles and you know play calling. You got to be able to command the whole entire offense. And so, first of all, before we even get to the playing ability, you got to be a leader because you know the teams don't follow you. They're on a they're on you know, they're on when you're fired up, they don't stay fired up. You can't ever get down. So, leadership's the mo- most important thing, just as a start, and then. Just the execution. Who's making mistakes? Who's not making mistakes? Who's you know throwing the ball away when no one's open? Just you know, the game management's huge. Um, 
we got a great defense here. We don't want to put them in a bad situation at any time. So, you know, just understanding the game and then execution at the end of the day. Who, who moves Who moves the team? You know, is it, oh, we don't be throwing the ball more, we don't be running the ball more, we don't be running more keepers. So that, you know, all this has to be figured out in the spring. Do you see any of those leadership qualities in the quarterback? I know last year Mark Sanchez was more of a vocal leader. It seems like these guys are more kind of leadership by action. Do you see any of the qualities you talk about in the guys so far? Um, you know, it's kind of hard right now. We're, you know, going through these drills as, you know, we've had two practices or I don't even know, I don't want to call them practices. They're, they're you know, drill, yeah. drill sessions and, and we don't, we're not even with the other part of the team. It's quarterbacks only, and we have no ball. So it's tough to tell how they're going to handle the team. Um, I think that all, all four of them can handle it. They've proven it in high school. And, uh, but, it, you know, it's, it's a process that's going to take place in spring. Who's, who's going to step up and, you know, take charge and, and lead them? Coach, what do you think going to be the biggest part for you making the adjustment from pro to college in terms of how much these guys can learn? You have a lot less time with them than you would have at the pro level. What, what, what's that going to be for you? Uh, you know, I've... I've Studied for the last month, you know, the passing game, the running game, and I'm very impressed with how much they can handle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm gonna find out in spring just how much they can. But right now, looking at it, these these kids are these kids are studying the game and they like the game, and you know, they're putting the work um, putting the work into it to to handle everything. What I'm witnessing upstairs is, you know, these guys these guys are smart kids. They're shifting, they're motioning, they're, they're doing a lot of football. And uh, so right now I'm just going gonna, gonna to throw it all at them. And More than you might have thought looking back at the college game? Yeah, you know, you understand the 20-hour rule and you hear about it. And But right now it doesn't look like there's any limitations as far as how much knowledge you can give them. What's the, what, I mean, you kind of touched on this a little bit. What's the biggest difference in dealing with, say, a 25-year-old quarterback and an 18 or 19-year-old quarterback. I mean, yeah, you know, we had Cutler as a rookie, so and even in the pros, you get, you know, you don't get a free agent or a drafted kid that's mm-hmm. 20, 21, 22. I don't think there's a big difference. These kids love football, and I don't care if you're 10 or 25, or even Brad Johnson was 35 when we coached him at Tampa. You know, it's just football. It's, nothing's different. It's, they love the game. They want to study the game. Mm-hmm. The more information you can give them to make them successful, they don't take it and run with it. So, you know, you just got to handle them the same. And I understand there's a school and all that. That's a little different. But as far as the meeting in the classroom, it, it's still football. It's, you know, and we always preach, hey, it's the same game you played in high school and Paul Warner's it is. Same game in college and pros. So I, I don't think there's a big difference as far as, you know, changing your philosophy of coaching. Mm-hmm. You're still coaching football. You know, it's 100 yards. I know the, uh, the hashes are a little different. But other than that, it's, it's 11 on 11, team sport. Do you, do you think your own relative youthfulness helps you? I mean, it seems like it's kind of a trend in the NFL to hire a lot of these younger coaches. I mean, you obviously, I'm sure you know how to use the Internet yeah. and what texting is. And so do you feel like you can <laughs> communicate better with the, uh, with the young kids? Uh, you know, I don't want to say youth or anything like that. My dad's 63 years old, and I think he's one of the best coaches in football. Coach Carroll, you know, he's helped me out at 50, 57, and he acts like he's 18 years old. So, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to make any statements like that. I think, I think you're a football coach or you're not, and, and young or old. If, if you can give these, if you can give these guys information to help them be successful and help the team win, then, then they're they're going to respect you and follow your lead. How much of the playbook is stuff that you're bringing with you versus stuff that was kind of here that you're fitting into what you were doing before, I guess? Uh, again, you know, I'm not going to change this offense much. It's been very successful. Uh, so there's only a couple tweaks here and there, but at the same time, they've been top ten of offense, you know, the last seven years. So Is it going to be your terminology or is it? No, it's uh, – I'm – I've been studying for a month. Yeah, <laughs> so it's that, you know, that's been a little bit of a challenge. I felt like a freshman myself this past month. I've had the same same uh, terminology for seven years. I've always had the true West Coast, even with Gruden in uh, New York. It was with Heimerdinger and Mike Shanahan. It was the same, you know, formations and protections. So this past month's been a little, you know, been a little learning for me. But it's you know, uh-huh. it's, it challenges that side of the brain that I haven't used in seven years. So it's been good. <laughs> How old? Doing, doing, doing flashcards and all that good stuff. <laughs> How well did you know Carol? And I'm sure your family's had connection uh, with him before you. And how did how did that help with this process when he came to you? How well did you know him? Well, I met him a couple times when he'd come visit Monty Kiffin at Tampa. Um, him and Lane would come down and, in the spring and study football. So I got to meet him a couple times there. And uh, other than that, you know, that's the only two t- or maybe two or three times I've met him. Um, but, you know, 
in the NFL, we study USC it's during this time. There's always going to be six to ten guys coming out for the draft. and So you're, one of the first tapes you always turn on is USC because there's a bunch of players and they run a pro-style offense. and you know, So it's easy to, easy to imagine, hey, Steve Smith you know, playing receiver in, in your offense in the NFL. It's not a gimmick offense. It's a pro-style offense. So I've always watched them and you know, admired the success they've done and been successful. Uh, uh, and the guys play hard, so I've always, you know, f- you know, from a distance, I've always s- studied Coach Carroll and really respected his success. Did the pro style offense make the decision any easier? Obviously, like you said, a lot of gimmicky mm-hmm. offense. It seems is the new trend. But yeah. coming back from the NFL, did uh, there's make a decision any? Yeah, easier? there's no question. I wanted, to, you know, I didn't want to, you know, and there's some teams out there that do some great stuff offensively, but it's hard to study. And if you're not from that family, I, I, you know, it would be a challenge. I, you know, part of the reasons of coming here was, you know, you can teach the same routes that you've been teaching for seven years. I just have to learn the new terminology, which isn't a problem. You know, uh, we're 20-something kids every year have to come in and learn new terminology. So I'm just putting myself in their shoes. But but as far as the routes, protections, the drop-back passing game, the, the running game, it, you know, it's pro style. So it, it's real easy once I learn terminology and have it, you know, down that it, it's the same thing I've been doing for seven years. It's probably hard to imagine at, the, at this point because this is still so new to you, but if, let's say, the offense were very successful this next season and the NFL came calling again, how serious would you consider that going back? And I guess, is that, is that even something that... Uh, man, uh, you know, I'm going to enjoy my time here at USC, and uh, you know, I'm going to try to win as many games and help this team win as many games as we can. And, you know, what happens after that and what happens, you know, like I said earlier, it's, it's football. You have no idea what's going to happen the next day. Mm-hmm. So just living for the moment. <laughs> is, is that one of, I'm sure, a bazillion things that you learned from being around your dad that you can't really predict the future in this business and it's very fluid? No question. I mean, it's... It, it's a great business, but at the same time, it's a tough business for the families. For you know, there's Coach Carroll's been very fortunate to be here for what eight years. Coach Shanahan was in Denver for 15 years, but that's odd. You know, most most of the time it's you know three year lifespan at a club. So you know, you just you got to work your butt off and do the best you can, and you know, at the end of the year, see what see what happens. How are you adjusting to to being on a college campus and to being? around a brand new staff and a new part of the country and stuff like that, I guess. This is my fourth uh, fourth club, so, and like, you know, I grew up around it. So the whole moving, the whole, you know, it's, it's an easy process, especially when you're in, you're in a room with guys that love football just like you do. So um, they've been great as far as the college atmosphere. I mean, it's neat. I went to the first basketball game I've been to in 15 years and, you know, and, you know, everyone's excited here. Everyone's excited. Student body's excited about being, about the football team, about the Trojans, and their successfulness. So, I mean, it's it's just neat. You know, you got you're dealing with 18, 21 year old kids that are, you know, they don't get tired. You're out there working their butt off. They're they're not complaining. They just, you know, they're they're trying to get better every day. Is, it, is there a, a, a possible scenario where Matt Barkley is a starting quarterback next year? Anything's possible. All four of them, you know, have have the. All four quarterbacks don't get the same shot, so you know no one's ahead, no one's no one's below. Um, they're all even going into it. I, you know, like we talked about earlier, I don't know them, you know, on the field as, you know, until we get to spring practice. So anything's possible. In your discussions with him, mm-hmm. do you get the sense that he's the type of kid who could handle being a starting quarterback at USC? You know, yeah, I think all four of them. You know, I, I don't want to sit here and just talk about one guy specifically, but. I think all four of them are very mature. I think they love football. They study the game. And uh, you know, I think they're all, all ready to be the next starting quarterback. And we'll just have to see in spring who, 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 who deserves it and you know, earns that right in fortuitous. How, how much does it help that when you're grooming a new starting quarterback that you return you know, virtually all your receivers? You return virtually you know, the entire offensive I think more line. importantly is the offensive line. Yeah. And you have your whole offensive line coming back, man, it makes life a lot easier. I don't care what level you're in because – you know, you can always establish the run to help help get it going, helps, you know, start the offense. So and we got all the running backs back. So with that being said, it's always it's always easier for any quarterback because you can establish the run game. You can get four to five yards running the ball and then, you know, that opens up the pass game. When you when you're going in without a running attack and you're a young quarterback, now that's a challenge because you know, the, the weight's on your shoulders. Not that you want to give away any secrets about what kind of offense or what the offense is gonna look like next year, but 
Coach Carroll always talks about balance. Mm-hmm. You just mentioned the running yeah. game, how that can help a quarterback. Are you sort of, is that your philosophy too, the balance between the, the run and the pass? No question. It makes it very difficult for the defense. And, uh, you know, my experience a little bit last year, we lost five running backs at Denver, and we ended up having to throw it every time. And, you know, I... I'm a quarterback myself from from you know when I played, so you always kind of like throwing the ball, but but when you get dealt that hand with five running backs down and you have to throw it every time, you're like whoa, you know it's a challenge because the defense starts playing just to pass and you can't balance the defense out, so it makes it a lot more difficult. But uh, yeah, you got to be balanced. You got to run keepers and you know you know do do everything that makes the defense you know have to guess, have to play kind of on their heels instead of, you know, playing the pass or playing the run. It's a chess match. It's been a trend in the past to name a starting quarterback early, Mm -hmm. you know, at least with the past few quarterbacks. Do you have a timeline? I don't have a timeline, but I would like to come out of spring with with some kind of depth chart, you know, so everyone knows during summer, hey, uh, you know, what what they're working for, what, you know, what the vision is, and, uh, you know, the whole team knows, so... You know, if it doesn't happen in spring, it might happen in two days. I don't want to, you know, make a date. But, you know, I think 15 practices, I think someone's going to definitely take the lead. Are you able to give them any instruction at this point when you meet with them privately? Are you able to say, I've seen this on film? No. I've seen that on film. Is it just kind of? We're just out there, you know, doing drill work right now. And uh, I guess we'll start that March 28th. So a little bit different. You guys just got a meeting together. How much play calling experience do you have? Uh, just last year. Just last year. Mm-hmm. What was that like, and how you know how how do you sort of see your role mm-hmm. moving forward with um, calling and working with? Personally, it was you know it's what you dream of as a court or as a as a coach. And, you know that, that was always my goal is to call the plays. I played quarterback, and you know that was one of the reasons I became a coach. So and last year was fun. I mean it's you know it's it's you work six days and then you know seventh day you're calling the plays and the whole world gets to see you know what kind of execution your team and you are uh, are capable of so but it was awesome it was, it was it was great year i wish we could have went, went to the playoffs and all that but it was a great experience i respect coach shanahan for uh you know letting me do it um you know he came in and he, he told me i was calling plays and it was it was fun were you down on the sideline or up in the sideline Sideline. Okay. Is, is that your preferred place to be? Yeah, I like being on the sideline just to talk to the quarterbacks. A lot of quarterbacks, you see them on the phones and stuff, and that can be kind of a hassle. So, um, yeah, I like being on the sideline. You get to look them in the eye. You know, hey, this this is what this is where we're going with you know this kind of philosophy next series, and and you just kind of can feel them. Hey, you know, some things happen during a game where quarterbacks get rattled, and you need to maybe run the ball a couple more times just to calm them down, or or maybe they got the look in their eye that. Hey, let's throw it every time. So you kind of get a feel of them as a person, you know, what the state of their mind is, and, and go from there. But it, it, you practice every day. You're on the field, so as long as you kind of start, you know, working your eyes, training your eyes to be able to see coverages, be able to see blitzes from the field, it's not a problem. Uh, what's your working relationship going to be like with Coach Morton, and who's going to take what responsibilities? Obviously, Han plays, and he's coordinating the offense. I mean, is that a unique situation to you, where? You've had a adjustment um, split like that, I guess. Or? Last year, Rick Dennison was the offense coordinator at mm-hmm. Denver, and I called plays. So, you know, I, I think we're all going to work hard. We're all going to try to win every game, and I think it's going to work out great. What does that mean, though? I guess as far as like who does what. Obviously, I mean, like, what, what does the mm-hmm. offensive coordinator does he say? Do you control who who does the substitutions and stuff like that? Is that on you, no, or is th- that the coordinator? Rick, I think we'll all, you know, come. By the time we get to the game or get to the field on Saturday, I think we'll all have a plan. We don't we don't meet together. We don't you know form a plan together. And, okay. and, and on Saturday, we'll all have the idea that this is what's going to work, and let's go with it. You've been listening to a very special edition of the Peristyle Podcast called the Trojan Blast with the three new USC coaches. You can check the podcast out each and every week at peristylepodcast.com. We will still have our regularly scheduled Peristyle Podcast this week coming up on Wednesday with a special guest, David Beeler, former kicker from USC that tore it up at the NFL Combine. Thank you very much for listening.